We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. That is the walk-up music for Mark Gonzalez. That is, if they were to build a metric, some kind of algorithm to figure out best guess, best information, best walk-up, mm-hmm. We have our winner, ladies and gentlemen. Gonzo, how are you? I don't think Major League Baseball would allow it. It's a little longer than 15 seconds. So. <laughs> I'd still like, I'd like to see you as the closer walking in while John, John Facenda blares over the PA. Yeah. you could. How many times would you have to play it if Lee Smith were walking in for the bullpen? Big Lee. Yes. So thanks for joining us. Pitchers and catchers report, such as it is, was overrated day, unless you got to fill space and that's what you do the the news uh, potential rule changes the one i want to start with is dh and rod rob manfred said no probably not until after the next collective bargaining agreement which is collective bargaining negotiations but if that really doesn't happen until then does that change the prism through which kyle schwarber's availability is is the Cubs will consider it different. Why did everybody pick on Kyle? He nope. did improve his defense, didn't he? Yeah, he did. He, he's he's adequate. I mean, there was only one outfielder, I believe, who had more assists than him, and that was Mitch Hanniger of the, of the Mariners, uh, the pride of Archbishop Mitty in San Jose, California. <laughs> of uh, course. As everyone but, knows. As one does. But... Um, I think Kyle's improved this point, but is it, is it, is it applies to the whole landscape? I mean, that's, that's down the road. I think this year is is more urgent than down the road as it applies to Kyle because a lot of these guys have a lot at stake. You know, Kyle did improve, and he's a completely serviceable left fielder. Absolutely. But that's it. That's the only spot where he can play, and that sort of hamstrings you in terms of the flexibility, and they love uh, the flexibility. Um, it, what's going to be different in terms of the positional player mix before we talk about pitching? What, what's going to be different in terms of how this looks um, as, as we get going? Is Daniel Descalso going to play a lot? Maybe during the Addison Russell suspension, yes. But overall, what, what's going to be different? You think, Gonzo? I think a lot of moving parts. Excuse me, a lot of moving parts. Even you might see Chris out there in the outfield quite a bit. Maybe it is left field. Maybe it is right field. I, I just think that given what's at stake and, and a sense of urgency, you might not see Hayward out there in right as much, depending on the on who's pitching and the matchup. Uh, I just think it's going to be a, a revolving door as it applies to the, the lineup. And if you didn't like Joe's mixing a match, and too bad because he's got to do what's best for this organization at this point. Talking with Mark Gonzalez of the Chicago Tribune, covering the Cubs, pitchers and catchers report this week. So, outfield, leadoff, center field, and mixing and matching, that's the way it stands now, and yet it gets, it looks more, it looks more like a mistake when you go back to Dexter Fowler being the leadoff hitter of the year they won the World Series, and 
say this, the guy really knows how to start a game seven, doesn't he? And and <laughs> and so I I know that you can't look at it just through that prism, but looking at it through that prism, what do you think and where does this leave the Cubs this year? You know, getting back to Dexter, you know, tip your cap to him, but keep in mind that until Joe made the decision in August of 2015, the bench or move gets Starlin out of there and put Russell at shortstop. You know, he was also thinking about putting Schwarber at leadoff and dropping Dexter to second because Dexter hadn't produced the way they thought he would. And to his credit, he rebounded well. He he finished strong in 2015. In 2016, he had a career year, but since then, it hasn't translated well. I mean, he's been hurt. Last year, he was hurt. He, He is. Healthy now, he's happy. We exchanged text messages with him a couple of days ago, and he's in a good spot. But um, as it applies to the, the big picture, you know that money you 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 spent on him might not have gone to other places. So um, you know, there's a lot of moving parts, and I said that earlier. But as it applies to Dexter's absence and who's going to take his spot, you know, once again we're at that spot where you know Almora's got to keep growing. I think Hap's got to keep growing. But, you know, it's and and those are just two of many guys. You know, Bryant has to rebound. He has to sh- hit more power. Obviously, he was hurt last year, but um, there's just a lot of things at stake because if you had Dexter here and let's say he, he did what he's doing in St. Louis, that's a lot of money you're not getting a lot out of. So, um, you know, you can always second guess that one. And I know the guys miss Dexter quite a bit, but. Um, those young guys got to play sooner or later. I've solved the leadoff problem for the Cubs. It couldn't be simpler. You sign Machado and you move Rizzo to leadoff. He is the world's greatest leadoff hitter. He can hit there, and Machado's presence makes Rizzo in the middle of the lineup a lot less important and a lot less necessary. So I've solved it for everybody. Can you let Tom and, and, and Theo and Jed know? I'll I'll take their checkbook if that's what you want. <laughs> Somebody should. All right, moving right along. I just had to bring that up. No, so, I think I think you might see times where where Brian or Rizzo's at the leadoff spot. I I I, I can see a lot of combinations here. It, if 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 Joe Madden, if they lose ten out of twelve in May, um, is Mark Loretta the manager? In June, I, I'm not so sure. Um, there's a lot of moving parts. I'd like to know, and I know I'm not trying. I'm not trying to skirt your question, but I just think that my question's uh, not a fair one. It's okay. Go ahead. No, no, it's fine. I just think <laughs> that how how those losses come about are they hurt? And you know, let's keep in mind there's a lot of guys that are are coming back from injuries right now. You know, Morrow's not going to be ready the first month. Tony Barnett, who they just uh, signed. Um, he didn't pitch for the, the second half of, of 2018. Um, there's just a lot of guys that, that, that are coming off little injuries. You know, Brian as well. They, you know, the expectation is he'll rebound well. But um, there are a lot of ifs in this camp. And, and I think maybe it, it, it applies to, okay, if they lose 10 out of 12 of these guys, it's not responding well to, to Joe's message. And then that's a different animal. And then I think you might be onto something there. But um, – I, I, as I look down this roster and I see what has to happen, there are a lot of ifs. 
Yeah, I, I guess I guess really the thing that that stands out to me is that everything else that could be done other than changing the roster drastically, has been done. New hitting coach, new pitching coach, new bench coach. Um, you know, changing up some of the, the development strategies, moving guys along faster at Jason McLeod on Inside the Clubhouse this morning. It's like, so if things go wrong, there's really nowhere else to point, and he happens to have no more years left on his contract. Like, it's all just set up that way in terms of the narratives that we've seen our entire baseball lives, Gonzo. You know what I mean? It, it sure does. I, I agree with you, but, but at some point, you know, the players got to take responsibility for this, too. You know, I think the unfortunate thing is if they were intending to shake things up is a lot of these guys, and in case a lot of these guys, it's been the second consecutive year they haven't progressed, and therefore, if you're trying to improve your team, how can you get get value for somebody who's for somebody who hasn't produced two, two years in a row? Talking with Mark Gonzalez of what used to be my Chicago Tribune, covers the Cubs. <laughs> Gonzo, His Chicago trip. Gonzo, Theo made a long point by talking about urgency early in the season that no matter what Joe wants to sing, and I'm a big meatloaf fan, two out of three is bad in Theo's world. And as Speaks said earlier, you know, lose 10 games, but maybe it's not even losing 10 games. Maybe they, they lose – the third game of a series, they don't sweep. They don't. How is he going to judge this edge that he wants, this urgency that he wants, and figure out whether it's the player or the manager, as Speaks was mentioning earlier? You know, there are some managers that have always talked to their players at the end of a series, at the end of a road trip, and they're saying, hey, uh, we know you, you can't wait to get home, see your family, sleep in your own bed, but we got a job that needs to play your tail off. And I think that's where that comes in to see how they respond that last game. If there's that zest, there's that zest where, Hey, we got to, you know, we're upset if we don't win that last game or Hey, we won that last game. We finished strong. We, you know, we added on runs, runs, the jug runs that Joe always talked about, or did they just lose and just say, well, you know, we beat so-and-so earlier and we took two out of three. So, you know, all is good. I think that's where you, you measure it. I mean, you're, your good friend John Robinson, you know, once said when he took over the USC job, you know, the tradition here is the greatest. We don't aspire to be average. And I think that's the mentality you got to take now. So I, I want to pay homage to Northern California. McClyman's high? Yes. Okay. They're starting basketball team one year had Bill Russell and Frank Robinson. That's pretty good. <laughs> And they were friends all the way through until their seventies. Until their seventies. I don't want to. Eighties. I don't want an on-court brawl. I don't want to bench emptying with that team. That's not what I would want. Do you have a Frank Robinson story or two, Gonzo? You can share. My first Giants game I ever covered involved Frank Robinson, and the Giants blew a lead in the ninth inning and lost. Gary Lavelle didn't tell Frank that he was a little tender and gave up like three runs in the ninth, and they lost to the Cardinals. After the game, Monty Stickles, for those of you who don't know Monty Stickles, he's a former player at Notre Dame and played for the Saints, a little rough around the edges, uh, not known for his professional conduct all the time. Well, Monty didn't show up till the eighth inning, and he asked Frank a question that was just, uh, let's just say it was out, out of bounds left field, and Frank blurted out something about a part of his body, and, and Monty said, you got it, Frank, you're bleep. Frank got out of his chair and chased 
Monty Stickles, who was about 6'5 and about 300 at the time, out of his office. <laughs> I wish I wish I still had the audio of it. It was like one of the classic moments I've ever witnessed. I think Les has the audio of it. He probably <laughs> does. Robert has it. I, I, I was just looking... Um... Yes. 1983, July of 1983. That's awesome. I was um, just looking the other day when 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 Frank passed. I, I thought of him and the umpire Jim Wolf. Remember that stare down <laughs> yes. when he was manager of the Nationals, and he just stared at him for literally like two minutes, the entirety of a commercial break. And Jim Wolf eventually had to back down and walked around, and then looked back and said, "Okay, all right, you made your point." Just such a badass, right? It, and it, fearsome, fearsome, oh. and gave Don Baylor his nickname. Actually, ensured that that would be Don Baylor's nickname. Baylor was a a a spring training invitee for the Orioles. Yeah, and he's from Florida, so there's a, like a Sarasota paper invites him or does a story on him, and and he's talking. And the idea the Orioles then were were stocked, right? Good team, good farm system. Baylor says, "I believe that you know I I'll show my talent. My talent will show through when when I'm in my groove. That'll be." That that'll get me there, and <laughs> Frank Robinson read this in the paper, <laughs> and then the first day that Don Baylor showed up to the professional uh, clubhouse, Frank Robinson read it to the room, and he had <laughs> stacks of the sports section on the stool in front of the locker where Don Baylor was going to sit, and underlined groove. Groove. When I get my groove, groove. Are you getting your groove on? You're gonna, and that's how we get the nickname Groove. It's stuck because Frank Great. Robinson said so. And you can see outtakes now. Remember, people don't remember. You might speak. You're old enough. Gonzo will remember. Miller Lights famous tastes great, less filling. Mm-hmm. Well, Frank Robinson and Brooks Robinson did a commercial. Oh, I forgot they did one. Yes. I used to love those commercials. Right. Well, this was brilliant because it was it was okay, here here is this this famous it here's Frank Robinson on the left at screen screen left and Brooks Robinson on the right. We're a lot alike. It's all about we're being a lot alike. You know, we play baseball for the same team. We 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 um we both like beer, we both like like Miller Lite, we like this, we like that. And so you're watching this black man on the left and you're watching this white man on the right talk about how we have the same last name. And Frank Ro- and now the outtake is Frank Robinson can't get through the punchline, which is I'm at least two inches taller than him. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it was going around as a result of that, that I don't recall seeing him laugh much, Frank Robinson, because he was just not that he was an angry man, but his n- his resting face was a scary damn thing because of who he was and the way he looked at the plate. And he was never going to wear body armor. And he was, okay, you know what? I'm going to be player manager. Here's what I'm going to do. I bat myself second. And he homers in first, his first, first game. Yeah. Unbelievable. He I got a, a half smile out of him. You did? You're yeah, savoring because, that, are you? Uh, uh, well, what happened was about six years ago, he shows up to the cell to, to promote, uh, you know, African – American baseball, you know, the White Sox did a terrific job of bringing him in along with others. And I introduced myself. I said, that, you know, by the way, the first Giants game I ever covered is when you chased Monty Stickles out of the office. And he says, why'd you have to bring that up? Oh, said, and you got the half smile? And I said, well, for what it's worth, you were right. And he kind of half smiled. So 
I felt that was like somebody roaring with laughter. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Gonzo, I appreciate it. Um, enjoy the warmth. Uh, we'll resent you from back here. Good. Good. <laughs> Thanks, Gonzo. Take care, guys. All Thanks, right. Mark. Mark Gonzalez. What well, used to be my Chicago Tribune, covering the Cubs. This hour is brought to you by Team Hochberg. Visit their new website, 56david.com. That's 56david.com. Question, Steve Rosenblum. Where were the Cubs in, 2000, in 2018 yeah. in terms of on-base percentage out of the leadoff position? On-base percentage. That's what you want out of leadoff. You want them to get on, right? Where were they out of all 30 teams in MLB? Second. Correct. Exactly. Because they I, they had such spike. They were really good the first half of the year. Everybody's, Second. Everybody, right. Mookie Betts was number one, and the Red Sox at 418. Nobody else is near that. But not, but it wasn't. 50 points down are was, the Cubs. Where it was like being first by so much, yeah. and then the slow bleed, the drip, drip, drip. You open a vein, and you're just bleeding out oh, yeah. by the end of the season, and you just finished second after having such a big first-place lead kind of thing. Yeah, because Almora was part of the goodness at the beginning of the year. Right. Um, and there were other people who were part of it. But my point is, the prototypical leadoff hitter is is a thing of the past. They don't, they don't truly exist very much around baseball. So, it, 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 you know, I, I, and the Cubs actually got a pretty decent level of production, fourth overall in OPS out of the leadoff spot last year. I, I I agree that without Fowler being penciled in every day, the feeling is vastly different, and that can have an effect. But the, when you look back at the numbers in totality, it's just it wasn't as big a problem as everybody thinks. The problem was that two, three, four, and five didn't didn't drive yeah, them that in. Was, that was bad. That, well, when Bryant wasn't around, Bryant wasn't there. Which is okay. So that now you've made your big offseason acquisition. Healthy Chris Bryant. If. If he's healthy, I think he is. That's who you get. It's going to have a huge year. I I would. Well, you ha- he has to. Yes, he does. Otherwise, if he doesn't, this window's closed. I'll tell you what. The conversation that we Isn't had it? with him at the convention, I, I I don't think it's closed, but I, I mean, it's got to be huge. Um, but the conversation we had with him at the convention, what he did this off season, he didn't swing for the longest time in his life. How much he didn't did, pick up a bat. Did it require a straitjacket? Did they have him like like Hannibal Lecter on the, his dad had to tie him down, or the Cubs did? And Theo he, had Theo right? and Jed had to tie him down because he knows that suit. if if he if he swung and changed his mechanics at all like he did last year, yeah. it just wasn't going to work. He started taking that top hand off last year mm. on advice from the trainers, and it didn't work. He didn't like it, so he he didn't swing for the longest period of his entire life this off season, and now he's back to one hundred percent being exactly who he is. And well, that's they, good. they need that. I don't know what happens if they don't. Not just next, not this coming season. Mm-hmm. But where's your where's your plan? What if he's not that guy? What if he's Super Joe Charbonneau? God, There's a name for it. That's terrifying. Okay. All right, we're gonna take a break. You know what? I I know you and Bruce, you and Bruce either like made up rules or crap. Oh, you played I... softball, but there were there were just. Whatever. I, I have no no idea what you did. Congratulations on surviving inside the outhouse. But there are some rule changes they're talking about, kicking around things that are just not not something that 
you call into a sports radio show with. I played softball. Right. And I think. And, and I think we should have two strikes and you sit down <laughs> and you should have designated runners for the fat uh-huh. guys once they get to first. And take the keg off the field. Yeah, right. Okay. And no gloves. Because that's what we do here in Chicago. We play without gloves. And like for the first couple of years, would it have mattered with Schwarber? Right. There you go. All right, we'll take a break. We'll discuss what they're what they're planning, what might be afoot, and I want to know what Spiegel thinks of it. I am Venus and Blue Jeans, still and always. He's the doe-eyed one where your Saturday morning suck at Chicago Sports Radio, 670 the score. So happy that the mac and cheese bar replaced the potato bar. You know, where you could a lot of these places that have I saw them a lot of charity events. And this was the food. So the way you, whatever you do to a baked potato, they did this to mac and cheese. Oh, so you yeah. had the mac and cheese. I've had that. It's brilliant. Yeah. It's a, it's a far better, I'd rather have that than potatoes mm-hmm. than, than stuffed potatoes or whatever. There's the mac and cheese and there's there's bacon and scallions and whatever you want. Could be chicken. You know what? Buffalo chicken or sriracha chicken mm-hmm. mac and cheese. Oh, yeah. Right. Speak to me. <laughs> I just did. I didn't. <laughs> I did. Good point. That's, We're a, that's an excellent that point. This this restaurant or item on the menu is a pound yes. of mac and cheese. Uh-huh. Right. Um, it, it doesn't have to be per person, uh, but it probably if that's the way it works. Well, hey, if that's how what dare they, I say if that? If that's what they're telling me to do, you know? <laughs> who am I to stand in the way of their idea of nutrition? That's Look, right. honey, I, I know it's a pound of pasta, but 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 think of how much I'll be able to work out. Oh, God. That okay. is the worst um, The worst part about my current state of vague employment is the time at home and the accessibility of the kitchen. Like, I need to wall off the kitchen, at least during certain hours. You you know what? You, you, you know what it's like. gym within walking distance? Yes. Yeah, downstairs. I, I force myself out of the house. Yeah, good job. I do that. Mm-hmm. I force myself out of the house. I have a gym membership. I use it. I just, even if I fake it, even if I drip water on my uh, forehead after 15 minutes and go, look, I'm sweating. That's what I do. I because I yes, it's too easy. I had I had a day this week um, where you know my my wife was on a trip. She was in El Salvador feeding starving children and making all of us feel bad for what we've done oh with our lives. God, I haven't done crap. We do Saturday suckage oh, here. It's and- ridiculous. She works. Uh, she manages a site for Feed My Starving Children, where they they actually feed starving children throughout the world. Um, what do we do? I don't know. But um, so she was gone and I didn't have Ruben for a couple of days. Um, and I watched the entire Ted Bundy tapes documentary on Netflix. So How many hours did that consist? Four parts. So I spent a good four. I'd already seen number one. So I saw two, three and four. I spent a good four hours inside the mind of the sociopath serial killer Ted Bundy. And while I was eat, alone. Did you eat to forget? <laughs> I, I, I eat tried. For comfort? I tried and it failed. I was in a That's terrible a good mood. Diet, then. <laughs> I was in a terrible mood the rest of the day. Is that a surprise to anybody? So spending time alone and in the mind of Ted Bundy. It's good men- it's good dieting, bad mental health. Correct. <laughs> well, pick your I didn't kill anybody. That's Congratulations. a win. You didn't take, Matt Spiegel didn't take a life, ladies and gentlemen. 90 minutes left in the show. We got time. Yes. Uh, okay. 
Now I'm worried. He's talking about the creepy monkey song. Uh, Who would ever say that? Uh, spending right. four hours with Ted Bundy. The bottom of the hour is brought to you by the Chicago Wolves. Looking to take family or friends out to a game? Try a Chicago Wolves fan four-pack, four tickets, four Vienna beef hot dogs, four drinks, and a popcorn at one low price. And enjoy free parking this season courtesy of Kia. Visit ChicagoWolves.com for ticket information. Let's talk some pitching. Okay. Lowering the mound. You know. That's been kicked around and so has moving it back. Which is, you know, they did it after 1968. They lowered the mound. After Bob Gibson had that otherworldly. 1.12 ERA. Right. Carl Yastrzemski led the American League in batting with a 301 batting right. average. Right. And so they lowered the mound um, to, to get more offense going. Um, what's interesting about that is it would change the entire dynamic now of launch angle and the pitch tunnels the pitchers are using mm-hmm. to go after launch angle. So lowering the mound would create more balls in play. I do think it would. I uh, think that's the object of the exercise. That is the more object likely, More swings anyways. Yeah. Maybe more contact. Maybe more hits. A more level playing field. Now, the interesting part is the, in, the Andrews Institute, James Andrews, mm-hmm. said even in the face of... At the time they lowered the mound in 68, Danny McLean said, I'm done. Yeah, I'll have arm in- I'll have arm an arm issue. I'll have arm injuries. Something's gonna go wrong. Well, a lot went wrong for Denny McLean, but he was right. Two years later, he did have an arm. Two or three years later, he had arm problems and he was never the same. Yeah, I, and I he attributed that to lowering the mound, and yet part of the comeback from arm issues is throwing off flat ground. So conceivably, that's a better thing for pitchers. And the Andrews Institute says it would reduce injuries. That lowering the mound would reduce injuries. Yes, and that's the most expensive thing baseball teams invest in. I would would think you would want to – this is a way of protecting your investment, and it would cost you less. They'd be – because pitching wouldn't be as dominant – Right. Mm-hmm. If you lower the mound, hitters would be they'll adjust to launch angles, whatever it is. Pitchers wouldn't be as dominant, but they'd be healthier. It wouldn't cost as much. Hitters would be you put more action back in the game. I don't know enough about the science in terms of. I'm the, just making this up. No, the swing angle and 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 the pitch angle. I mean, that's the stuff that front offices are spending a tremendous amount of money on. These days, like the stuff that we don't know that they're doing, they when they're looking at matchups, it's not lefty versus righty. They're looking at swing plane versus pitch plane. And they've Mm -hmm. got groups of hitters and pitchers at every level of their organization that they have grouped by their similarities. So the volume of knowledge that they have about that stuff is almost inconceivable to guys like you and me on the periphery. Hey, I can work a protractor. All right, I'm listening. Yeah. I'm listening. And you make that, you know, if you turn it sideways, you have a letter D. I can, I can do that. <laughs> but, but if that indeed is the case, that lowering the mound would have that, those, kind of, those kind of benefits, I, I, I'm, I'm, in, I'm interested. I'm interested in getting more balls in play and getting more action. I'm not super interested in shortening the game. I think that is that, that always needs to be clarified, right? Yes, you need to differentiate. You don't need to make the game shorter if it feels like there's more going on. Absolutely. Because the It's like climate games, versus weather, yes. right? Yes. There there you go. Thank you. Thank you very much, doctor.
The but the idea of an a, an NFL game could take now three hours and twenty five minutes, right? Mm-hmm. But which is the length of an inter a, a interminable baseball game? Same thing, but more stuff happens. The pace of play in football is better than baseball's pace of play. Yeah, and that's but, what it really comes to. And, and, right, and 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 that's because there's not that many that many balls in play. Like there right. are action action. Just, just at least in football, there's a snap every 35 seconds. So there's a snap, and something goes on, and there's something to watch. When there's a pitch and a take and a pitch and a swing and a pitch and a take and a pitch and, and a swing. And don't forget grabbing your your huevos. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that, that can be entertaining. Yeah. But you know, there was a Sunday night game. Book Shambi uh, said that there was a Sunday night game where they went 27 minutes between balls and play. Your national game of the week. Really? 27. I minutes. I never heard that. 20, 27 actual minutes. Between balls and play, you can't you can't have that. So, let's discuss then the three batter minimum or the two drink minimum. The three batter <laughs> minimum for a relief pitcher. Yeah, which I know we all love saying loogie, but that's sort of a position that developed. We don't need to develop it. You're allowed to get guys out. I mean, there's value in in righties that get lefties out. Wasn't that supposed to be Kinsler's? Wasn't he supposed to be? Solid at that. This is a guy, a righty, who gets out lefties. Yeah, because he what? gets ground balls. Kinsler. Now, now, now they they have to hold on to Kinsler. They have no choice. Right. But what about Dunsing? See, Dunsing was a guy who was there, let's Killed say, bounced back year. here. But they're not – This, I don't think this rule is going to take effect. But what do you think of that? Um, I think – I understand what they're trying to do. They want to – I get it as an intention to not only eliminate the specialization that gives you four pitching changes in an inning, but also to make the starters go deeper. That that's that's part of the idea, mm-hmm. and I, I I respect those intentions, but there are way too many strategic consequences of that rule to to impact managers. And to, I mean, it's think of all the different ways that that will impact a game. I. I you know, it's you can't do it. You, you, you Aren't can't you dying do it. to get Tony Larusa's thoughts on that? Sober I or am. drunk? Yes, yes, whatever. I'll take one of each. I never even gave out our number, but Steve from Elmhurst is calling three one two six forty four sixty seven sixty seven. Welcome to the score, Steve. Yeah. Good afternoon, guys. Uh, one of the things that I would really love to see. I don't know, call me kooky, but I think infielders should play in the infield. That's And uh, I don't mind the idea of shifts. You want to put three guys on one side of the infield, you know, go ahead and do it. But I, I think that you could put a lot more balls in play and make the game more exciting because you're going to get more hits and more balls put into play if you make the, the infielders play on the infield. And, uh, you know, as it is, the way that baseball has evolved – you know, with their defensive strategies and everything, you're putting so few balls into play. And I think that's one of the things that's made the, the game more dull. It's not the defensive strategy, Steve. It's the offensive the, it's, strategy, right? It's the, yes. It's the insistence on three true outcomes. Yes. That is so valued, it's treasured. They, okay, but you're they not worship. Guys no, 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 like no. Kyle These are t- to go apple. Well, no. see, that's a failure of front offices. They're telling their guys launch angle is real. A strikeout's better than a double play. 
They are telling you we don't mind if you swing and miss. There is not the the stain that used to go along, the embarrassment that went along with strikeouts because they found a a an upside to them. It has okay, it has everything to do that with you wish they would be, or or you could say I know this is the way they are. What Steve's How post- are we going to deal with this in a way that makes the game more exciting, yeah. more fun for fans to watch? But Steve, Rosie's point is, and it's a good one. Whether they're in the outfield or not, guys are still going to try and swing to hit it over the shift. They're still going to. I, I agree with whether, you. I whether think you, that's true. But if so they what, don't hit the ball squarely in that launch angle that they want, there's still going to be a lot of balls that hit guys by Bryce Harper and and Anthony Rizzo and Kyle Schwarber that are line drives, good line drives that would have been a, a, a single over the infield that are caught because the guy's playing in short right field. Steve, what what do you? Intuitively, the smart thing to do against a shift is what? Hit at the uh, hit, sorry. Hit at the apple. Yeah, I get that. Okay, but they don't. No. <laughs> okay, some of them not, do. They're right. They're once in a while they lay in, down in, a bunt. In big moments, they do. The Red Sox won the World Series because J.D. Martinez, Mookie Betts, and some of their other guys were better with two strikes, making contact and putting balls in play and Isn't having that rallies. Where Zobris went? That that, that that's in why they bottom yes. of the tenth, Zob- the top of the tenth. I mean, in in Game Seven of twenty sixteen, yeah. it's absolutely correct. It's why Anthony Rizzo is the best offensive player, um, was the best offensive player on the Cubs, and has the desired B hack. Jed Hoyer talked about this directly with us at the convention. You need more guys to do that. You do. I agree. Front offices are preventing guys from doing that. They're stressing stressing it. So it has nothing to do with the defense. The defense is playing it smart. You have to make the defense pay. That's why keeping them in the infield is, is arbitrary and useless. Teams should have to use their. So you don't think there'd be any any effect? You're telling me there that would. I don't think if it's you fair. Told everybody that they had all infielders must actually be on the infield no. on the infield dirt. You're telling me you don't think that that would make a difference. You have to make them. You have to make the. If you're the offense, you have to make the defense pay for that decision. That's what it's all about. It's all about. I wish adjusting. they would, but they don't. Well, well they don't yet, but they they might. I they're, think they might. might. I, th- I think why they might. do you think so? Because I th- Thanks, Steve. because it's it is it is so important. It is so important to be able to make contact. It is growing to be so important that guys will get paid for it. And and once they once they actually what get paid for it, it to grow. When is it growing? I haven't sensed this. What the the, the, the the need for it? It's it's the realization that with all the velocity, you have to have guys. A strikeout is not the same as every other out. In every situation, it's not. Hoyer said exactly that. They're, they're realizing now. They're realizing now you need guys. You need some contact guys, and they will pay for those contact guys. Guys will start to get paid. We, this is where we came into baseball. This is what, this, this, we're cycling back to what we grew up with. That, that's how the game works. That's exactly how the game That's why I love it. Is that it's, I don't. It's stupid. Well... That's a different conversation, but <laughs> this is this is how it works. Hitters figure out pitchers, pitchers figure out hitters. Uh-huh. So launch angle, they figured out the guys who were throwing sinkers and everything that was down. The launch angle guys figured that out. Then all the pitchers started throwing high fastballs and curves, and now the hitters will adjust back. They will shorten up and make more contact because they will need to to win games. Because eventually, front offices and managers will say, "Hey." <laughs> Stop freaking swinging for the fence every time.
So that means that eventually that I I have not been saving my skinny leather tie in vain. <laughs> right? That it will come back around? I have a I have just just to show people the the difference in whatever baseball you're following before we take a break. I had I was talking with Joe Torre one time about he was he was on the verge of 100 RBIs, which meant something back mm-hmm. then. Back mm-hmm. when we believed RBIs were meaning meaningful as a stat, right? So I, I, I still love them, even I, though I, I, know, I, I know they're flawed. I still I, love them. I write. I do, too. It's a really nice number. So he's looking for 100 on the last day of the season. And his leadoff hitter, his Dexter Fowler, if you would, Lou Brock, is not in the lineup on the last game of the season. The Cardinals have nothing to play for, whatever. And the reason, and, and Tori went to him and said, I know why you're not in the lineup, because you have 99 strikeouts and you don't want to strike out 100 times. That was, and Lou Brock admitted that's why he didn't want to be in the lineup. Oh, God. Tori's looking for 100 RBIs, but there was such embarrassment about three figures in strikeouts that Brock wouldn't be in the lineup on the last day to make sure they didn't strike out. Now, that, the all-star break. Now they, right. <laughs> there you go. Yoan Moncada, come on down. All right, we'll take a break because Shane said so. Bob and Fox Lake, I love you. We're not starting with a 1-1 count like in softball. Is he the one who called this morning? He's calling every show. Oh, my God. Shane's going to do a talk show in there with him. We're not. The bottom of the hour is brought to you by Subway. Order a sub directly from your sofa. Subway now delivers your favorite sub, salad, or signature wrap straight to your door. Go to Subway.com slash delivers to order with Uber Eats, Grubhub, DoorDash, or Postmates. Delivery available in selected areas. See Subway.com slash delivers for details. Top of the hour, we'll talk with Steve Ashburn or NBA.com. But before... For that, take a break. We come back. Uh, an old friend of ours, uh, more old than a friend, I guess, but an old friend of ours had a thought on pitching and what should happen, what might happen next if somebody's smart. We'll discuss that. Me and the doe-eyed one. Saturday suckage. Chicago Sports Radio six seventy. The score. It's, it's not the hitter. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, you know, Lou Pinella, Dave Wanstead. Oh, you know, yeah. he's, he's got an arm. It's just easier to have Grody do it. <clears throat> we, got, we got Martin. I, it just, Grody starts doing Lou. And it's, I, I was out there on field four. Remember when he saw Starlin Castro when Lou was here and they're asking him about Starlin Castro. He said, yeah, I was out there. I was out there on field four. Like, that guy can hit. Who's that guy? Who's that guy? Well, he's a new organization. Yeah. You should know that. And then Lou signed for a pallet of drink umbrellas that got delivered to his uh, That's right. to and, his office. And the raft. You think I'm stupid or something? No. No. Just think you're living a good life. You came here to retire. And so welcome in, welcome back. Uh, Saturday suckage. We'll be here till two o'clock. Next hour, top of the hour, we'll talk some NBA with Steve Ashburner of NBA.com. Love Lots going ass. on in the revenge game tonight. The the street fight that will be Bobby Portis and Otto Porter Jr. and Zach LaPorter and all of them. And the thing I love about Ash is that as I watch James Harden and Russell Westbrook putting up ridiculous numbers mm-hmm. and every one of the records that they're approaching is held by Wilt Chamberlain, yep. Ash, Ash used to hold a microphone in Wilt Chamberlain's face. So he can never, not unless he's standing on a chair. I think Wilt, not... Wilt was sitting down, I yeah, think. Yeah, okay. There you go. As opposed to where. 
All right, we don't want to do that. The Kareem Abdul-Jabbar microphone. We don't, I don't think we want to do that. You All tell right. your dad I bust my butt running up and down the floor. Yeah. Tell him to carry Lanier up and down the floor That's for it. 48 minutes. That's it. All right, here's a quote. Okay. Is pitching the same animal as always been? Some people it is. To some coaches it is. But more times than not, it's not. You have organizations like Tampa using a reliever to start the game. Many times it's the closers. Who's going to close? You need a closer to end the game. If starting pitchers could close, they probably wouldn't be starting pitchers. They'd be closers. Let's see how this experiment goes. I don't think it's going to work out very well in the long run. The six-man rotation to me seems stupid. I believe that some forward-thinking organization is eventually going to go back to a four-man. They haven't used that since the Mets came up with a five-man in 69. Hmm. I think you should. I did a breakdown of pitching from 2001 to 05. The number five starters had a, had 6.4 wins per season. They had 8.6 losses. Why have a five? If you're only going to have guys go to the sixth inning and that's it, why not go to four starters? Then put another quality arm in your bullpen. That's when the, that's where the game's going anyway. It's a bullpen game. Why not have one more pen man and one less starter? Of course, what it ultimately comes down to is you need good pitchers. That's Steve Stone. Thinking a four, and, and it's in fan graphs from last summer, and it was it's recirculated mm-hmm. recently. He's talking about a four, he believes a forward thinking organization will go to a four man rotation. Makes all the sense in the world right now. Guys don't go six innings, guys barely go five and a third. You're going to go to the pen anyway. And yet they're on a schedule that for that extra day because it's a five man rotation. What you're the Cubs, especially their rotation. The, the the 30-something rotation, how's that going to happen? They must believe that having that extra day of rest, having the full four days of rest or five days of rest, means that guys are going to throw either a little harder or be a little fresher, you know, or be able to be able to go a little deeper. But the deeper doesn't matter anymore. It, 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 it really, really doesn't. So there that's are the part days we've heard. There are days we know we've heard the announcers, Len Casper said it, Pat Hughes said it, they need to save the bullpen today, so you need Lester to go seven plus kind mm-hmm. of thing. Sure, which mean, doesn't mean he can't. That's reverse can, engineered once they real once they've had a rough few days. That can Lester thing. go on four days on, on you know three days rest instead of four days rest? That the the problem is that you have a lot of veterans who are locked and loaded on their routines and exactly and they're they they they're human slash fragile however you want to look at it. And they're not going to be able to spin on a dime and do it. But what it'll be is an organization that gets creative when they have a bunch of new guys or young guys and they can be flexible. This is why Tampa was the right place to have the opener yes. last year. Tampa was the right, you know, the incubator was the correct incubator for that. Some other organization will probably do this. And it's, it's sensible because look what happens in the playoffs. Look how the Red Sox solved what was a bullpen problem last year in the playoffs they eventually they were using super starters where porcello would start and then go in relief on his side day every single one of them sale would start and sometimes go in relief Ivaldi eventually just stopped starting let's just use him as our super reliever mm-hmm. you know to go as deep as needed in these games and it's like having that long guy slash swing guy 
it, it doesn't have to be the worst pitcher on your staff who's just like an extra guy that you no, can go to in a, in a blowout situation either way. No, it could be a really, really good guy that you use effectively if he's got the right arm for it. The four-man rotation is interesting, <clears throat> and I realize there's a, there's a great pitcher, a Hall of Fame bias in this. But one of the things Leo Mazzoni said was the key to that rotation they were great pitchers, but they were all healthy because they threw more than everybody else did. Mazzoni will continue. If you want to put him on, he's a great guest. He preaches throwing, 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 throwing. A four-man rotation forces you to do that. Okay? I, I Now, you know what? You, you, Darvish, who knows if he can throw once a week? We have no reason to think so in Chicago. We've, we know what his past is, but I'm bringing this up that, that – if Leo Mazzoni's right, or maybe he's only right with great Hall of Fame pitchers, right? But but if throwing more helps your arm, then a four-man rotation is excellent. It's a great idea. So yeah. I'm just throwing a Steve Stone said it. I think he's he's one of the smartest baseball people I've ever talked to, I've Lou, ever listened to. Our guy Lou Pinella did not agree. Yes. What what was it? Anna, 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 Anna. Yeah, yeah. Steve Stone? He's got enough problems doing what he does with the White Sox. What job has he had in baseball besides talking on the on 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 television? That's a job, Lou. <laughs> Not besides. All right, we'll take a, we'll take a break. Somebody reset Lou. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody hit the reset we reboot button. Him. Let's just pull the plug on Lou. Wait sixty seconds, and then plug him back in. Where is it? Do I have to stick my fingers? Where no. is that reset button? Oh no! Keep your hands away from the socket. <laughs> Rosenblum and Spiegel Saturday suckage. Right, right there. Chicago Sports Radio six seventy. The score. God darn it! We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? You spend only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 